What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the fourth episode of Unfiltered Fitness. Today, we are going to be getting into workout structure and progression for when you're going to the gym so you don't walk in aimlessly, feeling like you don't know what to do, feeling like you don't have a plan. So we're gonna be able to give you the sources and the tools today to be able to walk in confidently and know what you're doing. So, Luke, what do you think is gonna be the most important thing for people to implement if they're walking to the gym and they have no idea what to do? Well, first thing is just uh, don't worry about you know uh, the end in sight yet. Just focus on what you're doing that day. Most people, like you said earlier, just walk in, see an open piece of equipment, start working out, and just hope that they're gonna eventually get results. And or you know you got the high school kid, bro at the gym, coming in, taking up the bench every other time, and uh, never doing legs, never warming up, and just relying on being young to get results. Mm -hmm. What you need is to understand how to structure even the, the basic form of a workout, which would be starting with the warm-up. So you should never walk in and just do an exercise cold. You should at least do a general warm-up of 5 to 10 minutes on some type of either uh, cardio equipment, elliptical treadmill, jump rope, uh, a rower, something along those lines, or you can do a little more of a specific dynamic warm-up with mobility stuff, such as bird dogs, fire hydrants, you know, getting into jumping jacks, stuff like that, to increase your heart rate and increase blood flow to the working muscles, so you're prepared to uh, do your workout. And once you get your workout done, uh, I'm sorry, your warm-up, you are going to now work into your working sets of what you're doing that day. Again, uh, not saying you're working out for hypertrophy or power or strength or anything like that. You just want to know how to generally structure a single workout. You always want to start with compound exercises, uh, which are going to be large multi-joint lifts, such as squats, deadlifts, presses, pulls, lunges, because those require the most energy and take the most um, mental energy as well. So you're going to start with your larger exercises and work down to your smaller isolation movements like bicep curls, tricep extensions, calves, core, stuff like that. Um, and then depending on what you're training for, whether it's hypertrophy or strength, your reps and sets are going to be different. So if you're doing more hypertrophy training, muscle building, or just generally, you know, getting into fitness, you know, staying in that 8 to 15 rep range, uh, depending on how many days a week you're working out as well. So if you're doing two to three days a week, you know, you're going to do most likely a full body workout. If you're doing more, you could do more of a split with either upper and lower or push and pull. Um, but those are the main types of, you know, components you're going to be looking at to just generally start your, 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 your workout in general. And as you finish, you're going to end with either some light stretching, uh, cool down on the elliptical or, you know, some type of cardio equipment. Again, uh, some light core movement as well is, and that's the basic structure is warm up, then do your body workout of large multi-joint to your small isolation and then finishing with your uh, core cool down you know cardiovascular type work at the end right and i feel like everything that you just said right there was already so much more variety than most people dig into with their workouts because i feel like a lot of the time people 
we'll go into the gym and, you know, especially this is huge that you see in big box gyms, you know, and you worked in a big gym for a while, a public space. And you see a lot of people come in and, you know, they might hop on the stair stepper for, you know, 20 minutes and then they'll hop off the stair stepper and they'll get on the treadmill and then they'll get off of the treadmill and they'll sit on, you know, they'll rotate between five different machines that are, you know, specifically designed for, you know, whatever it is, isolation training. And there's just, they do that day in and day out and they just come in and do that every single time. And like, you know, they might feel stronger. So maybe they'll up the weight after a few weeks. So they're getting in a little bit of progressive overload, but there's no variety in their movement. They do the same thing in day in and day out because it just feels comfortable for them. So what would you say, you know, for people who don't really know how to do a certain movement, like you said, lunges. And for most people, I would say probably 90% of the people need to um, improve on their lunging form, you know, especially you see a, you bring a brand new client in here. There's almost always something that you need to cue them with to be able to help improve with their form. So what would you say for somebody who is digging into the workout? They're starting to understand, okay, I need to add more variety. I need to do more things. What is probably the biggest thing that they need to focus on when it comes to improving their form and how to do that, how to know? First, I would just start body weight as much as possible until I can get my technique down. Um, if you don't know, maybe a lot of times people look at guys that the gym that already know what they're doing. You can kind of see their form. Um, but, you know, you can always look up online, find somebody reputable, reputable on uh, YouTube or something along those lines. But at least starting with body weight, you know, not loading the body with any external weight until you figure out you know what feels right if i'm going the the correct depth um like there's no point of adding weight if you're not going to do full range of motion i would definitely body weight and that's the easiest progression you could do is let's say first week i do body weight of three sets of 10 next week I, maybe i do body weight again but now i'm doing four sets of 10 and after the fourth week now i add a small uh, amount of weight so i'm doing four sets of 10 with 10 pounds of lunges or whatever the movement is and then each week progressing to a either heavier rep, shorter rest time, more sets, or something that's progressively making it harder to um, you know, use progressive overload. Uh, you don't need 800 exercises to get going. I would take a staple of each squat, lunge, push, pull, overhead, you know, vertical and horizontal, pushing and pulling, uh, some type of pull or lower body hamstring movement, and again, just progressive move through difficult sets and reps each week but again keep it simple that don't need to add in a variety you don't want to be mediocre at a hundred things you want to be fantastic at you know 10 15 things right until you know you can start adding in the more um difficult exercises right Right, yeah, and there's definitely, like you said, there's something to be said about just focusing on a few different things and getting very, very good at those things and being able to progressively overload, whether it is moving from body weight to heavier weight or shortening your rest periods or upping the overall load. Um, and I think something to dig into when it comes to those compound movements as well is RPE. Do you use RPE for your clients' rate of procedure? Yeah, I, I go. I usually ask how, like, all right, on a scale of one to ten, how did that feel? And right. it should feel about an eight or nine. But if it feels like a six or a seven, right, we should increase the weight. Right. 
Yeah, and that's something huge that I think that a lot of people don't really implement in their own training, especially when they're working out by themselves. They'll do a set, you know. Look especially at, beginners because they don't right. understand their body yet. Right, right, which is totally fine because sometimes you just need that time and you need that experience in the gym and the, you know, the reps and the time in to be able to really start to understand, you know, what everything feels like and what everything should feel like. But I think a lot of the times people will do a set and yeah, it might feel like an eight, but then they'll sit on their phone for five minutes right. and, you know, you end up just wasting so much potential that you could be able to utilize in your training if you're, you know, doing everything correctly, writing out like an actual program, setting up your rest time, setting up, you know, RPE scale and where you should be, even load percentages. Um, and I know that's kind of digging into the details. We're not going to do that today, but... It's well, important. Yeah, and that same with uh, reps and reserve. It's close to RPE. If you were, you know, not everything should be taken to failure. I mean, right. if you're, you could always leave reps and reserve. Um, th the closer to that, let's say you're doing a set of 10 and you had a rep in reserve of one. So I should hit 10 and I could feel like I could do one more rep. If I said a reps in reserve of three, obviously if we're doing 10, I should feel like I can do about two or three more reps. Uh, so you don't always want to destroy your body every time you're you're in the gym uh you should have some type of rpe or reps and reserve that gives you something to mentally think about while you're you're hitting your your lifts right and another thing to understand too is that when you're in the gym you're breaking down your body that's all tearing up your muscle mass it's tearing up your central nervous system you're breaking everything down so that you can you know leave the gym and you know, eat well and sleep well and be able to hydrate and recover from the training that you did, whether it's obviously stretching, active, um, active recovery things, like even if it's just walking or riding a bike, like your recovery happens outside of the gym. When you're in the gym, you're breaking everything down. And I think a lot of people have a misconception that you're building up when you're in the gym. So they tend to want to be able to push themselves as hard as they possibly can because they think that that's what's bringing them results. Right. And there and there's usually two types of people when you go to at least a commercial gym, right? There's the person that's doing doing nowhere near fucking enough effort. Right. And then there's a the person that's going way too hard. Right. There's there's rarely the in-between person. Uh they might have been lifting for a long time or what most people at the gym do not know what they're doing. I mean, they really don't. Mm -hmm. Um even the people that have been lifting for a long time, they have a general idea uh based on the results they got, but you could always be more efficient. You could always be better. You could always be smarter um, if you learn and educate yourself. Whether, I mean, number one thing would be getting a trainer. They can mm -hmm. help you, guide you, and push you in the right direction. And if that is not an option, then buy a book, study, right. read, educate yourself, figure out what you need to be doing. Because most people end up quitting uh, for a multitude of reasons, but mainly because they stop seeing results or they don't get results. If you're not getting results, you're either not putting in the right work or you're not doing the proper progressions. And if you stalemate, it's the same thing. You're either not changing to do something positive or you're obviously not following a correct diet, but usually because you don't know how to now program your workouts to improve on where you're at because if you were doing what you were doing before and now you're in better shape well now you have to do something harder and more difficult to get your body to adapt to a new stress right right yeah if, i mean if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again eventually your body's going to get used to it and it's not going to take the same toll on your body that it used to when you first started it and going back to one thing that you mentioned about you know if you're 
not sure where you know you should be getting your information from i think it's super important to be very very diligent on like who you're looking at when you're in the gym and you're trying to replicate form and then something that you said that i really liked and i want to make a distinction with is that you said you know if you can't buy a buy a personal trainer or hire a personal trainer then buy a book and start learning from the material in the book i think that's something that we need to make a distinction between in this day is that Someone who has taken the time out, has certifications, and has actually had their knowledge put down into pen and paper, like on a book, rather than just making quick little uh, YouTube videos or Instagram videos, like there's a big difference. And you can usually tell, you know, when you read a book, just the difference in knowledge and the difference in actual effectiveness in this, the information that they're putting out there. Anybody can make a video and put it on TikTok or Instagram and say, hey, you should do this workout because, you know, especially for the women, like, look at my ass is huge. So if you do right. these, these hip thrusters, your butt will get just as big as mine. It's like, you know, this girl has no idea what the hell she's doing. She was maybe just genetically gifted to be able to have a butt like that. Or yeah, maybe she does work out really hard, but that doesn't necessarily mean she knows what she's doing. So if you are going to be getting into you know, let's say, let's just take the glute example as a specific, like there's the glute guy, Brett Contreras, like he's, he actually wrote a book about his whole program. And you can tell when you read through the book and look through it, that like, this guy knows what he's talking and about. And I believe he has a PhD and right, knows what he's right. doing. He's actually certified. Like he, he, this guy actually knows what he's doing. He's not just making videos and posting up and you know that's not how he gained the following that he did he's actually knowledgeable he knows what he's talking about so it's really important to be diligent when you are digging into you know program design and doing specific exercises especially as you see them online um, you know don't just get your information from anywhere right and that goes back to the just structuring your workout where you you go online you look up okay you look up chest workout all right and then Okay, so you're just going to randomly do a chest workout, destroy your chest, can't use it for three or four days, and then go back and look up another random workout. Your workouts need to be strung together in a pattern to progressively overload and give you an eventual result that you're looking for. We're, that's what we talked about, just putting together a, a, the workout, but then now you have to put the wor workouts for a week and then multiple weeks into months into years whatever it's all should be some type of progression and regression where you deload you, you there should never be a week where every week is you're just you're just killing your body eventually right. you know every you know four to five weeks you should be taking a deload week where you're doing less intensity less reps maybe a, a few less days um you know that doesn't mean take away from your diet and don't try at the gym it just means do less let your body recover and it, it's called super compensate so way that the next week you come back better, stronger, recovered, refreshed, and then you could move on to your next goal. Right. One thing I wanted to ask you um, and what you thought about this, I heard on a podcast this guy talking about one time how, you know, basically the idea that you should never overload your body because if you are super, super sore and beat up after a workout, you're not going to want to go back to the gym the next day let's say you can do 10 pull-ups, that's like your ultimate max, and you do 10 pull-ups, but then you're like beat to shit, and you can't work out for the next four days because your body is so beat up. Whereas if I can do 10 pull-ups and I only do five, I can come back tomorrow because I'm not super beat up and I can do five again and then five again and then five again. And before you know it, I have more volume than you do, even though you did 10 and beat up your body. I have more volume than you do after four days because you didn't go back to the gym. 
What do you think about that as a concept in terms of just listening to your body and, you know, just in general? Uh, I have heard that podcast. Um, there is some truth to that. I, I, I don't disagree with it to an extent. Um, I think that definitely for beginners, for sure, because if I can get five days a weekend at a moderate intensity versus I killed myself twice, right. um, the guy that got five days in is going to get more in, burn more calories, more volume, stuff like that. Now, as you get into really good shape and you get into um, you know, being, you know, mastering exercise or sport or whatever it is, you definitely have to increase the intensity. You're going to have days where you're going to, you know, go balls to the wall, but they're not all the time. They're not every day. They're not every set. They're not every rep. They are, you know, again, programmed in correctly. So you can lead up to a very high intense and then you, then you come back down and then you come back up. So it's kind of wave-like in the intensity. Um, and there's lots of ways to structure programming it's not just okay i'm gonna go linearly all the time like okay this week is four by ten next week's four by eight the next week's four by six until i eventually get up to two and then back down that's good for beginners and it's not a terrible way to train but it's not the only way to train right right and there's different methods that you can do to mix in you know especially as you become more advanced and you're mixing in speed and explosiveness stuff like that power there's different ways and there's different load percentages that you're dealing with at that point. And that's when you really need to, um, you know, I would say one of two things, like you either need to bring your, your own knowledge up to a level to where you're able to kind of design your own program, use your percentages, understand, you know, RPE zones and rest, uh, reps in reserve and all of that stuff, like have a true understanding of it. You either need to bring your own knowledge up to that point, or you need to hire somebody or get a program that is able to implement that for you so that you don't have to, you know, read and learn about all those different concepts, because you're eventually going to hit a point when you've been working out for years and years and years where you can't just do a linear program, you know, four sets of eight this week, four sets of six next week, and expect to be able to make progress. Eventually, you're going to hit some plateaus and your body is going to be a, your body's going to need um you know new stimulus new stimuli to be able to adapt and change to the movements that you're doing otherwise you know like we said before if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again or it doesn't have enough variety in it then you're really not going to make nearly as much progress as you would when you become more advanced and that's uh, all good information it, it when you're a beginner or new or even you know anything under two years of if, if you haven't done anything consistently for two years you're a beginner right. right if you did three months here took six months off two months there even if it was over 10 years that's nothing consistent that's nothing that proved that you are you know efficient at exercise start as basic as possible do the basic progression of a workout warm up do your compound stuff first work to your isolation Get a minimum of three days in a week, and you could. The easiest thing you could do is just add a set or a rep each week, or decrease the. So if you're doing, you could do literally the same exercise four weeks in a row, in a row, and still get good stimulus. So if I did four by ten a squat at a hundred pounds with a one minute break, the next week I could decrease. I could keep the weight, the reps, and the set the same. Decrease my rest time to forty five seconds, or I could increase the weight or I could add a set and each week I do that for three or four weeks. Then I back off a week and then I come back and I add or add sets, reps, uh, volume or decrease rest or whatever. In the beginning, get efficient, get really good at the basic compound lifts or body movements and uh, eventually 
then you start adding in the more difficult, you know, explosive exercises or add in another day of the week or, um, you know, get into the more integral parts of exercise. I think people get either too bored too quick or they see other people doing, you know, all these, quote, sexy, stupid exercises or shit they see on YouTube and they think that that's what they need to be doing. But that's really not it. Same thing I explained to my athletes. I go, be unstoppable at the basics and then eventually you could add in the cool stuff which makes you know the highlight reels but i would rather be on the winning side of something uh being basic than looking cool and losing right right and it kind of goes back to that phrase it's better to be consistently good than occasionally great it's like you want to be consistently good at the core exercises that you're always doing i mean like deadlift squat bench press overhead press bent over rows like the uh, lunges there's like core movements that you're probably always going to do when you're exercising that you need to get really 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 good at and if you've been working out for years and years and you're still you still don't have a good looking squat and you're trying to squat you know 315 pounds but your squat looks like shit like that's probably not a good idea you need to improve on your form and master that movement before you start just throwing weight on because you're you feel like you can you can handle it your ego lifting whatever it is at the end of the day you need to build a super solid foundation and then build from there if you're building on a foundation that is totally destroyed with a crappy looking squat a terrible deadlift and you know a bench press that looks like hell then once you start putting more and more weight on that it's going to fall apart eventually and there is no one exercise or program or lift that you have to do i mean if you if you have mobility issues or there's something you know mechanically wrong there and you can't deadlift then don't deadlift do a variation maybe do a dumbbell deadlift or do something just lifting from the ground with good form you do not have to do any specific exercise right uh it's anybody that tells you that unless you're a power lifter and you're training for deadlifting and you have to deadlift then yes you have to deadlift but there are no exercises that you have to do right Right. Even if, you know, even the the slight variation between a sumo deadlift, a conventional deadlift, or a, or a hex bar deadlift, like people give each other shit for that all the time, and it's just it's so goofy because at the end of the day, you pick the weight up from the floor, and whatever works best for you in terms of like personally, I have lower back pain like crazy. Like conventional deadlifts just feel like hell for me, so I usually pull sumo. And um, yeah, I mean, like sometimes people give you shit for that that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, like. I'm still doing deadlifts. I'm still pulling weight up off the floor. It's I pretty much the same exact movement, um, and it allows me to be able to do it with a certain load percentage that I'm actually right. improving with. You know, otherwise I'm just not going to be able to do it because my basket back's going to hurt all the time. Right, and then you'll see always the same guys have been at the gym for 20 years. All their their shoulders hurts, their knees hurts, whatever, but they still <laughs> keep benching even right. though their shoulder kills or they their knees hurt, but they keep squatting because they they can't take the time off to either figure out what's wrong or just mentally you know think they need to squat all the time to be strong or somebody actually gives a shit what their max is at mm-hmm. the at the gym right. nobody cares right. no one gives a shit you know how many people have asked me over the years how much do i max on anything i go why why do you care what does it matter to you what right. i can do right and it's most likely more than you anyway so who cares <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right i feel like another thing too to touch on like when you're taking that deload week and you're you know for week four or five of you know consistently training um i feel like that's a great opportunity for most people to dig into uh different stuff with form you know even mobility stuff whether it's you know 
corrective exercises like things like neck extensions like personally whenever i'm lifting a little bit lighter and i'm taking my week a little bit easier i always like to throw in corrective exercises work on you know banded shoulder rotations neck extensions uh i work on my glutes specifically because that's definitely a weak point of mine like whenever i'm taking one of those uh deload weeks and i'm kind of resting a little bit more my accessory movements also change with those yeah, it's definitely a good time to work on lagging muscle groups. Most people only work on what they're good at and comfortable with and right. and neglect. They're like, oh, I'm not good at that. Well, no shit. It's because you don't do it. Right. Um, you need to spend time working on your, your improving your lagging muscle. I mean, if your your bench is, you know, 300, but you can barely pull any weight, you know, you need to get rid of that imbalance and get a more of a, um, you know, equal strength in you you shouldn't have an extremely strong upper body and a weak lower body or vice versa you need to be well-rounded you should treat all muscle groups the same um and take care of your body i mean if you feel beat up and your shoulder hurts and then you need to fix that you need to repair that don't just try and you know keep benching through a a shoulder injury (laughs) you know you need to take some time off you know do some mobility work Right. Maybe see a physical therapist if you have to. If you can't, you know, try and do some mobility exercises, band work, or at least rest it. Right. I mean, and you can still work out. Most people think, oh, my shoulder hurts. Well, I can't right. work out. Well, that's not the truth. Work out the other 90% of your body mm-hmm. and, you know, let that recover. And as it gets better, then add it back in. Right. Yeah, there's a big difference between pushing through the pain of just working out and pushing through the pain of an injury. Like <laughs> those are two very different things. Yeah, and and I think most people of, think pain is injury. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, your muscles burn right now. Like your quads are burning. There's a big difference between that and like, no, my knee is actually jacked up and I'm just pushing through because I have like this monkey mentality. It's just, it's not the right thing to do. So, um, let's go ahead and get into the questions. Uh, I think that I've gone first the last few weeks. So why don't you shoot? All right. Um, my question to you is what, what is your favorite? Or what do you think is the most beneficial, at least for you? Because everybody is different. Not everything mm-hmm. uh, apply, especially to where you're at in your lifting or where, you know um, your age, anything like that. What mm-hmm. is your your favorite scheme or type of uh, training that you like to work for? Either or like towards like linear, conjugate, unlinear, mm-hmm. any of those variations. To be honest with you, I love linear. There's something about it. It's just like being having that feeling of being able to come in the gym and knowing like what your sets and reps are going to be every single day and like keeping it consistent across the board. It kind of gives me a good idea also of like how strong I am in terms of ratios between my upper and lower body. So if I'm coming in and I'm pushing a four by eight on bench press, I know what that weight is. And then, you know, the next day, let's see when I'm, let's say I'm doing a barbell back squat and then doing eight reps there. Like I like to be able to kind of see that ratio and how strong my body is, especially, um, you know, recently since I've been coming off of doing a lot of cardiovascular stuff and I'm kind of, I feel in a lot of ways, like I'm starting from square one when it comes to my strength, like it's nice to be able to see how much strength I lost in all these different areas right. and linear will show you that a lot easier. Obviously, like as you move on, you have to change. Like I, I just love linear. It feels homey, feels cozy to me right. in a lot of ways, but you know, usually once I, uh, you know, let's say I'm eight weeks into doing that, I usually prefer then to move into more of like a conjugate system where I'm doing, you know, speed and strength and then hypertrophy and then kind of like mixing back and forth between those. Let's say it's, you know, Monday is uh, upper body speed and then Tuesday is lower body strength. And then, you know, Wednesday off Thursday would be a lower or upper body strength and then a lower body speed. Um, right. So there's uh, 
you know, I prefer to kind of switch it up, obviously, just because you have to. But um, I would say linear just feels good to me. It's also what I grew up doing always. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think most people, for the most part, uh, when the beginning are unknowingly even doing linear. Right. Um, but uh, I do like linear a lot. I like conjugate. Uh, I mean, I, I I try to implement them as much as I can um, in blocks of time. Um, so maybe one block I'll do a linear block. The next week I'll do con or ne next week the next block of training, which could be anywhere from you know four weeks to three months mm -hmm. of conjugate, and you know then I'll do you know undulating and not you know just non-linear stuff or you could do you know a heavy day if it's like you're doing three days a week you do a hypertrophy day one day a strength day one day and a a volume or you know uh just high rep day and then or you could do one week is volume the next week's strength the next week's power um but obviously it's all written in some type of progression but right. i like to change it up i get bored uh honestly and i think that's a problem with people too is um, the, the ones that are already the ones that are gym rats are always going to be gym rats, uh, but the rest of us, all the other people, um, you know, I think they need variety. Even it needs to be done correctly, but I think they need variety to keep away from staleness. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's where having different blocks of training comes in handy, uh, or like knowing somebody because most people don't know these styles of training. Right. And if you don't know, how do you know what to do? That's why your people stick in that same rep range and then once in a while like you know the bros at the gym or high school kids they they do a bunch of lifting and then you know once a week they max on something right. um and, and when you're that age you're going to get away with it but as you get older or you know you got less time those things are going to cause injury and they're just not going to get you results so again for me it's um it's different depending on what i'm training for but specifically lately i've been i've been enjoying conjugate um right now i'm doing a little bit more um like you linear stuff right. right yeah i've been seeing you do some speed work though when i you know the last few weeks um so my question for you is um and i was kind of trying to formulate this whether or not i wanted to think about a professional athlete or you know whatever i was thinking about but what would you say is the perfect client for you hmm. <laughs> uh i mean easily just Shows up on time every time and does exactly what I asked with no complaints. Um, <laughs> and that's an ideal client. But, I mean, you know, someone that's willing to learn, someone right. that wants to be here, someone that asks questions and, and just doesn't show up and uh, needs me to tell them exactly everything they do. They want to learn. They can figure things out. They, right. they, they know what's going on. Maybe they do some some studying on their own. They you know, like, you know what, we were talking about, uh, you know, progressive overload the other day, and I decided to look it up online and, and learn a little bit about it. And it helps you understand training better. It helps you understand your body better. It helps you understand mm -hmm. what it feels like when we give you eight reps, what eight reps should feel like, or right. what, or, or utilizing your rest time correctly, or, you know, understanding, okay, we're doing three, four days a week here. You know, you can do a day off on Saturday, you know, maybe get a stay in on Sunday, and you're and you're not just going to the gym after working with a trainer and just doing whatever the hell you want and ruining the progression that you're on. Right. Uh, and a lot of high school kids have that issue. If they're lifting with me, doing what they need to do, and I'm like, here's where we're at. These are the, you know, this is where we're at uh, training wise. And then they go and just again, we could bench one day. They're benching again the next day with heavy weight, even though we're doing uh, volume stuff right now, just because they just want to do it. And that's hard to keep people from you know, deterring from a, a good program. Right. 
One of the, uh, I was just thinking about this because I obviously I agree with everything that you just said. Like that's pretty much everybody's, every personal trainer's ideal client, someone who shows up, works hard, you know, doesn't complain, all that stuff. Um, one thing I was thinking about was, oh, and they got to be like cool. Like if, <laughs> if they're boring and annoying, it, yeah. it makes for a long hour. Yeah, it's no fun. Um, one thing I was thinking is that uh, I really, really, really love it when my client is actually paying attention during the workout, like being attentive and in the workout, not just right. coming in and like kind of mindlessly lifting and not talking through every rep. Yeah. Talking through every rep. Like when they're actually paying attention to their movement, it makes it so much more exciting. And like, that's when they're actually making progress is when, you know, they're laying on the, on the bench and they're actually, they're not talking to you. They're like, okay, we got to stop talking during their first rest time. Like I need to focus and get into it. Like I love when a client cuts me off when right. I'm having a conversation with them and they tell me like, okay, I got to focus. Like that's the most encouraging thing to me because I know that you're taking this seriously. I know that you're actually trying on every set. And when I see you pushing and struggling and like breathing correctly and, and just being attentive to your workout, like if you're not attentive to your workout, then you're probably not working out very hard because there's something about getting your body to a certain place where your brain is there and it can't go anywhere else. Like you have to be there and attentive. Otherwise, you know, you're going to die. <laughs> like there's right. something about putting yourself in that physical position that the mental has to be there. And I can always tell when people aren't mentally there, aren't focused because physically they're just not trying that hard usually. Yeah, I mean, if you're not establishing a mind-muscle connection, focusing on the contraction, right. where, where it should be working, bracing, uh, focusing on their breathing, uh, whether it's something speed or agility, focusing on their footwork, right. uh, just being aware of where they are in space, those are all things that, you know, listening to cues as we're telling them what to do, not just watching the TV that's on or talk. Again, if you're talking through every rep, it's not hard enough or right. you're not focusing or, right. you know... You're not being technical enough. Whatever it is, you know, it's one thing if you're like, all right, we're going to pump out 50 crunches right here, and you, right. you talk a little bit. It's right. one thing, but but on compound lifts and right. if you're and, doing a five by five and, and, and technical talking. stuff, <laughs> I mean, you need to be you need to be focusing and paying attention. It'd be like someone talking to you, and you're just staring up at the clouds and looking around and not listening to what somebody's saying. Right. Yeah. You need to be focused. You need to give your workout attention, and in turn. When you focus and you are very attentive during your workout, your workout will be so much more valuable to you. You're going to reap the rewards of actually honing in and, you know, hunkering down and focusing. So. <laughs> and one funny thing, I always think it's kind of funny when I ask somebody, like, let's just say you're doing a tricep extension. And I'm like, oh, where do you feel that? And they're, like, pointing to their bicep. I'm like, how the hell <laughs> do you feel it in your bicep and yeah. it's a tricep? So obviously something is wrong here and right. we have to fix or you right. or you don't understand where you're pointing to one of the two. <laughs> right. right, yeah, I think that mind-muscle connection that you mentioned is really important for a lot of people they just don't really think about that and um you know that's huge that's one of the biggest things when it comes to actually making progress and being able to create that neuromuscular connection you're going to be able to grow so much more so you need to be focusing on that so that just about wraps it up thank you for listening and we will see you in the next one bye